0: January 8th 2019 and you are tuned into the fastest half hour in podcasting HTM sports my name is Jargo I'll be your host for the day but give it up for the wingman the man who always goes for two regardless of the sport the man the myth the legend that is the real RBV Rick welcome back to HTM sports
1: it's me it's me it's that art of the beat of the beat. Rick Vickery back again hashtag HTM sports and Jargo you are not kidding uh, go for two I think this has been like the, a reoccurring thing with this last couple of weeks. Man. Twitch is just having its way with us. Uh,
0: well, yesterday I had bought some new equipment to hopefully help with the Twitch stream. And today I realized that it is a piece of garbage. Uh, let's uh, let let us go ahead and uh, jump into things because we've got a lot to cover in a half hour today, Huckleberry. Let's go ahead. Let's start things off with your national champion, the Clemson Tigers, winning their second title in three years. Completely dominate Alabama. 44 to 16 Huckleberry, I thought there was two potential outcomes for this game. It was either going to be Alabama's going to blow Clemson out, or Clemson's going to win a close one. Nobody saw this thing coming.
1: I was going to say, you know, anyone that was kind of—I think there were a lot of people, you know, they were really rooting for Clemson, but the, the vast majority, uh, you know, maybe if they didn't want to admit it, they figured that this was going to be a cakewalk by by the Crimson Tide. Alabama was going to roll to another national championship. Ah, uh, but not the case that not even you know in a squeaker. I mean, Clemson just went out and and ch- demonstrated pure dominance. Uh, you know, and a lot of the you know, if you listen to some of the analysts, the story is you know they they want to hype up. This is the worst defeat that Bama has suffered. It almost seems that that some aren't giving the true credit where it belongs here. To you know, you got the Bama dynasty. What about them Tigers?
0: Yeah, Clemson's making uh, quite a case for themselves. We'll talk about both dynasties here in a second, one uh, thriving and one that perhaps is dying. Uh, Let's take a look at the game real quick, though, because, you know, Rick, when you look at this box score, this game was a whole lot closer than what the score indicates. Uh, Team stats, Alabama 23 first downs, Clemson only had 21. Uh, total yards, Clemson only beats Alabama by 39 yards. Alabama outgains Clemson on the ground by 13 yards. Time of possession, Alabama, by 3 minutes and 14 seconds. What the hell
1: happened? Alabama. Well, you know, I mean, as you run down that box score, you know, it seems like an evenly matched game. Sorry to cut you off there, George, but I mean, it, this is a case of, you know, capitalizing on big plays in mental execution.
0: Alabama, six penalties for 60 yards. That surely didn't hurt them. Clemson only had one penalty the entire freaking game, which is insane. Tua throws two INTs, both in the first half, one of them for a pick six. You know, that's one thing that Alabama has not done all year is give up points off turnovers. They've only given up like 14 points off turnovers all freaking season, and they give up seven here. Clemson led by 15 at the half, and then you have that fake field goal at the beginning of the second half that Nick Saban's taken an awful lot of heat for, and that was pretty much the end of the game. As soon as that fake field goal went completely awry, Clemson goes right back down the field and scores. That completely changed the entire dynamic of this football game.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, uh, quite a gamble – you know, it's one of those things that goes the other way. I mean, it, it could change the entire direction of this ballgame. We could be sitting here talking about, you know, Alabama's national champions. But again, you know, I was talking about it's about capitalizing on big plays uh, and mental toughness. And, and that's what Clemson did. This is a perfect example here. You know, they they capitalized, they made the big play when it had to happen. Uh, they turn around and they take advantage of that, just drive right on down and, and just reconfirm what they did there early in the game that, that they were they were here to play and they were going to take control of this thing from from the get-go
0: there was a lot of people talking all season about Alabama they're the greatest team ever well perhaps we did see the greatest team ever and they were wearing orange on Monday night um Clemson their fourth college football playoff appearance third national championship game under Dabo they're 115 and 30. two national championships in three years. Rick, are we living in the Clemson dynasty and not the Alabama dynasty? And do you think that just plays
1: into maybe the, I don't want to say so much, maybe, maybe, yeah, I want you know, the respect that is given to the SEC over the ACC when it comes to, You know, when it comes to football,
0: I think the other part of it, too, and we deal with this on the pro wrestling side of hitting the marks all the time. We hear people saying, you know, well, all elite wrestling, they're never going to be the WWE. Well, Clemson's never going to be Alabama. I mean, when you just look at the storied history that is the Crimson Tide, Clemson just doesn't have that
1: history. It's all new history. Right. You know, it's something exciting. It's new. Is that the love boat? But but anyway, you go back. (laughs) When you go back to when you go back to Bama, you're right. I mean, when you talk about you know uh, history, celebrated programs, they're arguably you know they're right up there at the top of the list when it comes to college football. Oh, especially when you
0: go back to like the Bear Bryant days. I mean, it's it's not like they didn't start winning national championships until Nick Saban got there. Clemson only had one until Dabo got there.
1: Right. So I mean, you, you've got that history. You got them involved in the SEC, where you know where college football is above everything. Uh, that conference rightfully so or not, is always viewed as, you know, the measuring stick in in college football. Uh, You have all that stacked up. So I just think, you know, you have that. It's it's got that, it's more appealing uh, to the eye, to the marketer, to the consumer to go with Bama and SEC over, you know, a Clemson team in the ACC, which is, you know, in their own respect, when we think of college basketball, you know, ACC gets that praise. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but, but Clemson, you know, what they have put together there, and, and we're talking about uh, these two teams and their, their tradition and their history. The Clemson coach, he was a walk-on at Bama. Did you pick up that story? He was there in the, in the early 90s, the the high-five king. Crazy story. You know, I think
0: one of the biggest stories coming out of that game is the fact that, I, I don't have his name here, that wide receiver from Clemson who just absolutely killed it during that game. He's from Alabama. I think that was one of the biggest stories in this game. Nick Saban losing recruits to Clemson. That, that's not something that you hear very often. Uh, another guy that they lost, his name is Trevor Lawrence. He becomes the first freshman since 1985 to win himself a national championship. 20 of 32, 347 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Oh, yeah, he can run with the football, too. Rick, there's a lot of NFL scouts that are
1: already salivating, and we've got at least two more years of this kid in college. I was going to say, I love when they asked him in the post game, you know, what what the future holds, any more championships, and he said, "Well, I know we at least, I at least have two more opportunities in front of me." Uh, But you're right, you know, all the analysts, the the insiders, the experts, you know, they're talking right now, you know, in the draft, you know, coming up here in, in April the top like five teams, they're not even in a market for a quarterback, but you know, they're saying if Lawrence was available, he'd be jumping that list. I mean, they are so high on him right now that he is, you know, a once in a lifetime, you know, kind of talent that, that they would forsake. Hey, we just got to get this guy on the roster here. Uh, where now you're looking at quarterbacks, probably not going to go to the sixth pick. Uh, but yeah, he has certainly set himself apart front runner, obviously front runner for the Heisman trophy next year. Uh, it's going to be something, uh, it's going to be pretty cool to watch him progress.
0: The other thing that I thought was interesting, Clemson goes for 135 yards on the ground. Travis Atene, 85 yards, two touchdowns. The first player this year to rush for more than one touchdown against Alabama.
1: Hey, we're talking about, we got the young quarterback. You're running back here. He's a sophomore. He's only a sophomore.
0: Yes. Yeah. That team is freaking loaded. Oh, yeah. And they have the number two recruiting class coming in next year. Who has number one? Alabama Uh, you you had on the run here is this the end of the Alabama dynasty and Rick I, I got to looking at this thing and it's absolutely ridiculous in 11 seasons under Nick Saban 141 and 21 since 2008, they've spent at least part of the season ranked number one. 16 bowl games in 11 seasons. You do the math, ladies and gentlemen. That's a lot of championship games. 16 bowl games, 11 and 5 record, 5 national championships, 6 SEC titles, 7 division titles, 2 Heisman, 35 consensus All Americans. Yeah, this thing looked awful, but you know, it's not like Alabama's going anywhere.
1: Well, I, when I kind of threw that in there too. I want to look at it with a little different dynamic here as well. You know, this really, uh, a loss like this to a caliber team like Clemson, it, it kind of exposes the Alabama system. You know, they, they survive uh, two tough games, two to three tough games every year in the SEC. They refuse to play. Any team of quality outside of their conference, uh, they milk games late in the year. that They have Citadel this year in, yep. in like week ten. Yeah, uh, you, they, they constantly have you know um, a sub a subdivision scheduled late in the year. I was just you know wondering, you know, could the committee, our other teams, are they going to start getting pressure here to change their philosophy?
0: I don't think so, at least not until. I mean, when you look at the SEC, this is the thing. When you've got teams like Georgia in there, you got teams like LSU in there, the SEC is still going to get that respect. It's not all about Alabama. It's also the quality of the other teams inside of the SEC that they are forced to
1: play every year. Well, you've got, you know, right now, looking at the SEC for the last couple of years, you're only real quality. You've got Bama, LSU, and Georgia. Yep. Uh, now you you have Florida back on the rise. You have Kentucky coming out of nowhere, and it seems like Kentucky can actually stay legit for a little bit. That team is very young. Uh, they if they stick together, stay healthy. Not that they're you know they're going to go on to win the thing, but they could make some serious noise there. So in itself, the way you know the, the schedule plays out for them, they're going to have uh, a nice strength of schedule. But you gotta believe though, you know, next year, if they have another failure like this, and this ultimately is a failure. When you're Alabama, you are hands down, you know, throughout the year, the number one team in the country. Anything less than a championship is a failure. And not, not getting there is no consolidation for them. If they would fall short again next year, you might run into a case where, okay, you guys are gonna have to prove a little more to us if you want to continue to be given these opportunities. You know, this, you know, like last year when they got in, they didn't even play in their championship game. But they were still revered as one of the top teams. They let them in. Uh, You got to think, you know, an opportunity like that is not going to come back around for them again. uh, And sure as hell, if they go and have another huge letdown like that next year.
0: And the same argument that you can make for Alabama is the argument against Clemson, you know, where we talk about Alabama and the talent that they're playing inside of the SEC. Well, Clemson kind of has the other problem. You know, we do we really know how good Clemson is until it gets to this point in the season because the ACC, you said it yourself when it comes to football, they don't get a whole lot of respect and that's because they don't command a whole lot of respect.
1: Well, and rightfully so, but Clemson will, they'll play a game, you know, a game or two uh early in the year big out of their conference and go get a big win there. But yeah, even the the closest competitors to Clemson in the ACC, I mean, they're just still, you know, right around that mid-major yeah, and it's and it's not like anyone. You know, Syracuse was on the rise, but let's see if they can continue that. I mean, they weren't overly wowing. Uh, you have teams like our Blue Devils that, that seem to be on the rise, but every time they go outside of the conference, they just get demolished. Yep. You know, there's there's really no substance there, and it plays you know to the favor of these guys. They, they can rest the time because they got their big leads. You know, you're going to rack up all these wins, which builds you into the to the playoff thing there, which I guess is. To me, you know, as we were going to wrap up the talk here, I know we were considered, you know, talk a little bit if Saban after this should maybe consider NFL. I think now he's got all the fuel he needs to come back. Uh, he, he can't let this thing rest like this.
0: Here's the other thing that I, I actually looked this up about Nick Saban. Nick Saban's contracted through 2021. Um, obviously, he's not getting any younger. Whether he signs an extension or not, who knows? But here's the thing that really stood out to me, Rick. In 2019, Nick Saban's going to make 8.7 million dollars at Alabama. The two highest-paid coaches in the NFL currently, Sean Payton and Pete Carroll, they're both tied at eight million dollars apiece. It would actually be Nick Saban taking a pay cut to go to the NFL.
1: I think that if you know if he was going to entertain that, if they would have won this game, say that you know same score, flip the outcome though. You know, at that point, maybe his competitive edge says, all right, man, I, I want to go try this again. I've done everything I absolutely can here. What's a little bit of a pay cut? I can always, you know, I can always retire after a couple of years back here in Alabama where, you know, I'm going to be a god. At this point, though, now he's got a chip on his shoulder. Now he's got something to prove. That was a fluke. It was a one-off. Clemson, congratulations to you. But we're coming back to reclaim it, reclaim it for two years, and then, I'll, then he can ride out of, you know, into the sunset there. But, but I think as we look big picture next year and just about the playoff system itself, because everyone out there, it, it's, it's probably the most talked about conversation. Uh, the greatest debate that we have is, you know, what is wrong with the system? Uh, this year's playoff system, it, it really fell flat. We didn't have any competitive games. Uh, very, very, very down. At the, hey, the championship game itself uh, was the second lowest uh, in the playoff in the playoff um, history. Well, and that was, if it, this it continues, out, if you it keep it came out hot,
0: it, it came out hot. If you keep ending up with t- the same two teams, I mean, cause it's been Clemson and Alabama basically every year since this college football playoff thing started, the rest of the country is not going to care. It's going to become a Southeast regional sport.
1: Well, you know, the problem there is it, this actually this year to me, it somewhat worked because it went back to the traditional. We absolutely had the, the two best teams in the country. Oh, agreed. And, and I agree. I, I was having some conversation, you know, on, online about this with individuals and I kept hearing, well, so-and-so would have done, well, Georgia would have played better, but no, I don't care. Georgia already lost their opportunity. Georgia had losses in the year. Georgia already just lost to to Alabama. I, I don't need to revisit that. You know the game I want to see? I want to see
0: Clemson versus UCF on a neutral field. Tell me if that game's within 80
1: points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I just say, here's what I want to see for next year, though. You know, everyone's talking about expansion all this. They've got contracts in place. To me, a simple fix, though, is just define what qualifies you as a playoff team. You know, we're going to put this much on, on your conference, on your conference championship, on top 25 wins, on losses on the road. Give us, give us some kind of guide instead of just this guessing game where it's just a committee arbitrarily how they feel at the moment should be representing, you know, the best in the nation.
0: You know, you have here on the run, fixes to the college football playoff going into next year. I have one. I only have one change that I want to see made because, like you said, at the end of the day, we had the two best teams playing for the national championship. Here's my one change. I want Notre Dame in the ACC. I want Clemson to actually have to play somebody and, and... I want to see Clemson go to South Bend and do what they did in the national championship game. I want to see these guys. There's so much talent coming out of the SEC and the ACC and even some out of the Big 12 that we never see them play in cold weather. I want to see Clemson play in South Bend, Indiana in the end of
1: November. Well, again, though, you know, we got contracts to deal with. But for an immediate change, just just for a real quick, at least define what it takes to get to the playoffs. I would like to see it. Let's uh, talk about a sport that we do know what it takes
0: to get to the playoffs, and that is winning and losing. Let's go ahead. Let's throw things over to the NFL. Yes, NFL wildcard weekend has come and gone. Rick, we had a couple of interesting games over the course of the weekend. We had a couple not-so-good games over the course of the weekend. Let's go ahead and start off with that one. As the Indianapolis Colts roll over the Houston Texans 21-7. to Colts jumping out 14-0 in the first quarter. Huckleberry, the Colts are coming, and they look really, really good.
1: I'm going to tell you what, I I was high on the Colts coming in. You know, I've told you weeks ago, when they were looking on the outside, they're sitting back in the, the 11 spot to watch out for them. They were going to make this playoff. But going into this, I was high on the Texans. I am prepared to eat crow. Man, the Colts, they just came out. They are playing on another level. Andrew Luck has elevated that team, and they just, you know, they made the Texans look like they had no business even being on that field with them.
0: Yep, and and I know now the formula to the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, we talk about the formula with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about that here in just a couple of minutes. Here's the thing with the Colts. This is how they're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. They are going to come out, and they are going to start fast. They get up about 14 points, and then that defense, they just put their ears back, and they are coming. At no point during that game did Deshaun Watson look comfortable, and if you can get after Patrick Mahomes and force him out of that pocket, and that defense is getting a rush on him, it's going to be a long day in Kansas City.
1: Well, I'll tell you what's going to be really interesting there is we're, we're expecting here in the Midwest, we got a huge... Uh, Weather uh, advisory coming on. So it could be, we could have snow. It could just be slick. Uh, It could completely change the dynamic of this game.
0: One thing that we know when it comes to the NFL playoffs, you have to do one thing and you have to do it well, and that is run the football and control the clock. This week, the Colts go for 35 rushing attempts to Houston's 16. Again, that's what happens when you have the lead. Andrew Luck, 19 of 32, 222 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, he doesn't put up the sexiest stats, but Huckleberry, Andrew Luck is my MVP.
1: Well, uh, did you see the, uh, the the voting for it? We're going to get a battle of, you know, the potential MVPs here, but it looks like it's going to be Mahomes to run away with. I mean, he's pretty much swept the voting, uh, but they still have to announce the, the official winner on that thing.
0: You know, but it's it's one of those things. Kind of like, you know, when it comes to the NBA, we can talk about Kevin Durant. We can talk about Steph Curry. This year, I'm sure we're going to talk about Kawhi Leonard. Look at the Lakers without LeBron. They're freaking awful. Take Andrew Luck off of the Colts. That's maybe a four win team. Maybe. It's being generous. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys survive Seattle 24 22. Here is the Dallas formula to win. You need Ezekiel Elliott to go for 100 yards. This week he goes for 137. Dallas dominates time of possession, 9 minutes and 40 seconds. You need to have Amari Cooper go over 100 yards receiving. This week he goes for seven receptions, 106 yards. And you need Dak Prescott to not turn over the football. That's really all you need Dak to do. Get the ball to Zeke, get the ball to Amari, and let him go. Dak goes 22 of 33, 226 yards. Rick, do you buy the Cowboys?
1: Well, I'm going to say, you know, what I really like this week is you were talking about, you know, they, they use the running game and the passing game. They were spreading that field. And when you do that, though, you allow Prescott to really get into his own comfort zone where even he can be dangerous with his legs. He can have those nice open throws when he can when he's feeling comfortable, he goes to that next level. You're keeping the pressure off of him. And when he is there. Hey, I'll give credit where credit's due. I mean, he's looking like one of those one of those top quarterbacks. That should get one of those paydays. Uh, but now, on the flip side, if you can collapse that all down and put all that pressure on his shoulders, then it, he's more than likely going to fall apart. He's going to have those big turnovers for you, which are continual are a problem for him.
0: Talk about pressure on shoulders. Let's talk about Russell Wilson a little bit. It's Russell Wilson and like 51 pending transactions up there in Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson's carrying that whole damn franchise. Rick, how do you feel about the Seahawks going forward into 2019
1: and 2020? Well, you, you know, they, they have pretty much pinned everything on the relationship between Russell and Carroll, as Carroll just got a huge extension yep. uh, here in the middle of the year. Uh, and, and they do have a, a great dynamic together, but they are putting a lot on, you know, the coaching in that front office to bring in some interchangeable pieces, uh, it could be a tricky puzzle. On the plus side, though, I mean, obviously, you've got the Rams there. But that the rest of that division isn't so tough. So you can pick up some easy wins. As long as you've got a middle-of-the-pack you know, schedule, it, you've got a good shot to make the playoffs each year.
0: Chargers outlast Baltimore 23-17. Rick, this game it, – it, we talk about, you know, the national championship game and how that game was a whole lot closer than what the score indicated. This score is a whole lot closer than what this game indicated to me.
1: Yeah, I, you know, to me, again, this is just another example. The Chargers are, are what here? They're, they're Now they're eight and one on the road yep. for the year. But each and every time, you know, they are escaping, you know, almost with their lives. Uh, they they catch big breaks if it's, you know, through a, a big turnover, just a big play by their a big stop, or even a referee, uh, you know, a questionable call. They are benefiting, you know, in each and every way when they go on the road here. Uh, but it's not that, you know, they're, they're playing great. They're playing competitive. That's what you got to do on the road. You got to do everything you possibly can that when it comes down to crunch time that you're in position to capture a victory.
0: Ravens give up seven sacks. I, I, I just don't buy Jackson, man. You got you to gotta stand no. in that pocket.
1: Well, I'm, we've been saying this for weeks here. And he's one of those, he's a, a great athlete. But on that level, you know, your speed doesn't really separate you because everyone is just as fast. And when your size is there and they know they can get up on you when you're trying to go downfield, when they figure you out with that style, they figure you out. Yep. Yeah. The Bears still suck. The Bears still
0: suck oh yeah that one makes me happy chicago's playoff hopes go off the upright bounce off the crossbar and they fall to the eagles 16 to 15 cody parkey that poor freaking kid he's receiving death threats after missing this kick huckleberry
1: you know it's pretty pathetic i want to you know Maybe we'll bring over a little gimmick from from the wrestling show, from the, the hitting marks pro wrestling podcast. I wanted to ask you, in general, the FQI, the Fan Quality Index for uh, the Chicago fan base. They seem to me, you know, they've always got an excuse. It's always somebody else. Uh, they go to extremes when things don't go their way. Uh, to you know, to me, it just man, it's it's like the perfect storm for for everything that I despise uh, about the snowflake millennial movement and it's always been harbored there in the second city
0: well you were asking for the FQI here it is it's 108 108 that's the FQI for Chicago that of course how long it took the cubs to win another world series championship um did you see that uh,
1: is it 3 uh, 312 or three, two, three, one, two beer yeah uh, and in chicago they they are offering uh free beer to individuals that could actually make that kick
0: That's absolutely hilarious. Uh, Let's look at the other side, though. Let's talk a little bit about Philly here. Uh, Nick Foles, 25 of 40, 266 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Not necessarily the stats that I want for my starting quarterback if I'm in the middle of the playoffs. But, you know, here's a stat that I do want. His record as a starter moves to 11 and 2. He's 4 and 0 in the playoffs. Huckleberry,
1: are you on the Nick Foles train? I think you got you got to roll with Foles. I mean, it, it's just proven time and time again here. Uh, he keeps he keeps you, he keeps you going. These Eagles they look dangerous right now. Uh, they look like a team from a year ago that was you know on its way to a Super Bowl championship.
0: We'll talk a little bit more about the Eagles as we wrap up the show. Let's let's take a preview for next week. It's the battle of the MVPs as Luck and Mahomes, Colts at Chiefs. Mahomes receives 45 of the 50 votes from the Associated Press, as you were saying. I'm not even sure Andrew Luck is going to get a vote. He's going to win Comeback Player of the Year without any question. Uh, Rick, I really want to go with Indianapolis in this game, but I think you may... Have changed my mind talking about that weather down there in Kansas City. No, you know what? I'm still going with the Colts. Screw Patrick Mahomes. I don't buy the kid. I actually think that this
1: bad weather it may favor the Colts in Kansas City. Well, I was going to ask you when we got to the game here. You know, we like I said, we've got this winter advisory coming through there. It's supposed to be you know the the first massive storm to kind of rock the Midwest uh, of this winter season here. If it gets slick, though, it could work in favor of the Colts uh, to get in there and just pound the way and kind of slow down that fast-paced, aggressive offense of the Chiefs.
0: There's not a whole lot of positions on that field. I feel like the Colts are better than the Chiefs, but one of them is their offensive
1: line. And I, and I think, yeah, if we get into just you know a traditional ground and pound, you have to think that favors the Colts, but you're going to need that thing to be slick. If it's just cold, you know, if it's just frigid and the Chiefs can still get moving, uh, watch out here. I mean, this—hey, this is you know what football is about. This is what people love, man. Weather it plays is a part of this dynamic here. I'm riding the Colts. Which way are you going, Chiefs or Colts? I, I still think, I think it's going to be a very uh, closely contested game. Uh, but I think at home, I, I think you know, Andy Reid kind of gets over that hump, gets over that hump here. It isn't, you know, Andy Reid of Andy Reid in the playoffs, and the Chiefs move on to uh to the championship round. Cowboys at Rams,
0: Cowboys holding the large, the longest road losing streak in the playoffs at 0-7, three and five on the road this year. The Rams seven at one at home. They're only loss to Philadelphia 30 to 23. That's when we really saw uh oh, Philly's coming. Here they come, Philly's coming. Uh Rick, there's one thing about this that really, really scares me. As I was looking at the stats, trying to figure out which way I was leaning in this football game, it was clear to me I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams. Because look at all the names that they've got on that defense. You've got Aaron Donald, who's going to receive votes for the MVP. You've got Ndamukong Sue, and we all know what a dirty bastard he is from his time up in Detroit and down in Miami. And then I got to looking at this thing. You know who's going to gobble, 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 gobble up some yards this week? It's going to be Ezekiel Elliott. The Rams are
1: only 19th in the league against the run. I'm kind of leaning Cowboys. I think, you know, I was looking at the same stats you were. I think the Cowboys come out early, control the ground. Uh, At some point, you know, the Rams are going to have to tighten up that defense, which is going to go back to what we were talking about. It's going to open that up for Cooper. Then you're going to see, you know, where where Zeke is, is the horse through the first half. You're going to see the Cowboys evolve into what they've been so successful with in that second half. I'm actually I am really liking the Cowboys here on going on the road uh, into, you know, red hot Los Angeles Rams territory uh, and picking up a, a major victory here. And I think. That might that there could give them enough, could give them enough to you know, where they firmly believe in themselves to continue on the road where they could we could be talking about them as a possibility in the Super Bowl.
0: Let's talk about the Chargers. Chargers coming across the country once again on their way to Foxborough. Chargers eight and one on the road this year. Patriots unbeaten at home. But Rick, here's the real stat this is the one that's important. Phillip Rivers. 0-7 0 seven versus Brady. 0 four at Foxborough. I like the Chargers a lot. I don't like I'm going into
1: Foxborough. I'm going with New England in a wash. Yeah, I think this is probably going to be one of the surprises of the week. I think a lot of people believe that the Chargers are going to play this as a as a close game. Uh, I'm going to say this one's over by halftime. Yep. I, I just as I was talking about. You know, you re-mentioned the Chargers now 8-1 and one on the road this year. But as I said, everything has just been – they're barely escaping with their with their lives here, you know, picking up those Ws and getting the hell out of town, you know, getting the hell out of Dodge. I think it's going to catch up with them here. Uh, what's really struck me is the Patriots have been very quiet. Not a lot of news coming out of their camp. And over the last couple of weeks, what have we been talking about? How they've been very – you know, everything's been – very unlike the Patriots, uh, a lot of you know mental breakdowns, uh, problems within you know the play calling. You know, you look at any kind of aspect. All three, you know, on the field, offense, defense, special teams—they've had major letdowns. It's been very, very unlike the Patriots in this, the you know late run into this towards this postseason. I think they pulled everything back and are refocused right now. Uh, and again, that's a very, very dangerous situation for anybody. let alone playing the Patriots, but especially going into Foxborough.
0: Patriots over strong Eagles at Saints week 11. This is one of the few rematches that we're going to get this year. Week 11, the Saints beat the Eagles 48 to seven. 48-7, 48-7, to seven. but Rick, this is a very, very different Eagles team. Since then, these Eagles are 6-1, and one, and they are playing with a ton of confidence. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago that the Saints offense has dropped off about 12 points a game over the course of this season. Do you think the Eagles have enough firepower to go into the Superdome and get the job done?
1: You know, I'm really looking forward to a game. When we're talking about games of the year, I mean, let's go all the way back to when the Rams visited the Saints uh, and how intense that game was. I mean, from from the opening kick to the final whistle, I mean, it was edge of the seat. I'm looking at a game that doesn't just rival that but surpasses it. I think this is going to be maybe hands down the game of the year, the most competitive, most thrilling game. (sighs) The Eagles, as you said, I mean, last time they were down there, a complete embarrassment, 48-7. But as you said, Jargo, this is a completely different Eagles team. Like I said just a moment ago, they remind me so much right now of that team that was on their way to a Super Bowl championship. But on the flip side of that, I know you've been talking for weeks now about how the Saints numbers are declining a little bit here and there. I just think that's just the rigors of the regular season as you're gearing up towards the postseason. They've had a week to rest themselves know they've been gearing up for this thing they are refocused you're gonna see the saints uh at the highest that we have seen them this year i still gotta believe this is gonna be one a hell of a slobber knocker but the saints emerged victorious
0: it was four weeks after that game Foles took over since then the eagles are averaging 25 and a half points a game um I think I'm going to go. I think this one's going to be close, man. I think I'm going to go Saints like 30 to 24. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game.
1: Now, hey, could you imagine this, though? Could you imagine the hype? I mean, because we could possibly end up with this. You could have for the NFC championship the Eagles going to Dallas. Yeah. It's a to real decide who's going to Super Bowl. You, if you're looking, if you're the networks and the sponsors, oh, you are loving that one. Absolutely. You you are all over that one. Uh, If you're
0: Philly, looking forward to next year, and obviously we don't know what's going to happen here and things could completely change by the time this game is concluded, do you stick with Nick Foles or do you go back to Carson Wentz? This is one of those things where everything on paper says Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, and then you look at this team under Nick Foles and it looks like a completely
1: different team. I was going to say, man, you, you got to roll with Foles, and I think you know that's the best bet for uh, for Philly going forward.
0: I think even if Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl this year, he is the starting quarterback somewhere else next year. I stick with Carson Wentz. There's no way I'm going to put this franchise in the hands of Nick Foles as much as I like what
1: he's doing. More, more embarrassing on the FQI. Uh, Chicago fan or Philly fan?
0: Philly fan by far. By far, you people threw batteries at Santa Claus. I don't even want to hear about it. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. RBV and I will be back this Friday with an all-new edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Until then, find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Catch me at Not Jargo Huckleberry. Where do the Philly fans find you if they want to throw nine-volt batteries at you?
1: Well, as always, you can uh, you can find me across all social media. Both uh, by uh, checking me out at the real RBV. I also want to give a shout out here before we close things out. Uh, our bowl pick em challenge has come to a close. Uh, and yes, sitting atop of the mountain, the king, it's me, it's me. It's that R of the B to the V. But we do have some surprises. Uh, for our second and third I, since I won I will graciously step aside uh, and we will continue on with second and third for our giveaways so uh, jbud19861 he came in second if you're listening contact me uh, through social media or I'll try to send you an email through ESPN and also I got kids if you're out there it help me out we can move things on a lot faster if you guys contact me once again at the real RBV uh, but Congratulations to those guys, uh, and thanks everyone else for for joining in and making you know our our first couple weeks here on hashtag HTM Sports such a success.
0: Our sincere apologies for the Twitch stream. We'll try to get that thing figured out. If not, you can guarantee that there will be a new episode of HTM Sports right back here at hittingthemarks.podbean.com next week. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA, a little bit of NHL, and of course all the happenings from your NFL playoffs. Uh, and, and Huckleberry, I'm, I'm thinking next week, we need to go through all these new coaching hires too, because I think Matt LaFleur is a terrible hire in green Bay. I don't think it's going to work. And, uh, I, I have a feeling that my beloved Packers are about to fall on hard times. We'll talk to you next week here at HTM sports for now. We're off like a prom dress. See ya.